Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Compass Point, and with me again today is Pastor Chris Hines. Hey, Dave. Great to be back talking about this topic of rule of life again. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. This week we, uh, I mean, we kind of wrapped this little series on rule of life, but we're certainly not done talking about rule of life. I think we're going to keep talking about this um, all the time throughout everything we do. Uh, but r- really, kind of this week was was a little more practical, a little more a conversation between you and Paul, how to craft a rule of life. Do you want to give us a, a little recap or you want to just jump in and have me fire questions at you? Yeah, I think firing questions is great. Let's just get going. Okay, let's let's do this. Um, where do you start? Uh, like, like, you know, I, you said a whole bunch of stuff about don't be overwhelmed, don't do too many things, uh, yet we've already got pa- patterns and rhythms. Where someone's new to this, where do they start? Yeah, great question. So I think there's two important places that we want to start with. So, you know, recognizing that every single thing we do in our lives is is forming us and shaping us into something. Mm -hmm. You know, so all of us have a a set of practices and relational rhythms already. There's things that we do every day. And so we've we've started to talk about this a bit, but the the time you get up for work, you know, the routine you have in the morning, um, you know, the foods that you're eating, the way you're spending your money, you know, the way you spend time with friends and family, the amount of time you spend with God and how you spend that time. So all those things are, are happening. And so recognizing that's really, really key. So I think, you know, a great place to start is to kind of make a list of those things Mm -hmm. to to make to write down all those different things that you're doing maybe every day every week some of those regular practices that are coming up that gives you an opportunity then to kind of look at that list and review and and kind of spend some quiet time just asking the holy spirit to kind of speak to you about you know what are the things that maybe i should be hanging on to Mm -hmm. what are maybe some of the things i need to be letting go of um and and that's really centered around a question so what i would say is you know make the list Uh And then the second thing is ask yourself an important question. Who am I becoming? Hmm. And and really the idea behind that question is it's recognizing, you know, how I'm being formed. Who am I being shaped into by these regular practices and relationships that I'm engaged with? The reason why we ask it that way, who am I becoming, is because we feel that God is doing the primary work of transformation in our lives. Hmm. And so we want to say, how am I creating space for that to happen? And who am I? Who am I becoming? And so I think asking that question. I gave an example on Sunday. Uh, for those that were listening, they might remember this. But I talked about you know a few words that I've been focusing on in terms of answering that question. Yeah. Um, and so you know I, I talked about. Um, uh, you know, being uh, productive, you know, and what I meant by that is not achieving more stuff, but it's about, you know, being creative rather than consuming all the time, right. you know, and it's about that soul care over self care kind right. of idea. Uh, I talked about being present. Mm-hmm. And so being present with God, being present with others. And I talked about uh, being peaceful. And so I talked about this idea of like being a person of peace that feels happy and, you know, secure in, in who I am before God. And also this idea of bringing a person who brings the gospel and brings peace to others. Yeah. And so I use those three words. I'm still playing around with it, but I use those three words to kind of discre- answer that question. Who am I becoming? Right. And that allows me then to filter, you know, all of those activities that I'm involved with and say, okay, are these things actually helping me to be that? Mm-hmm. You know, and if they're really not and they're almost oppositional to those things, it, it makes me say, okay, well, maybe is there a way for me to remove or limit some of those things that are actually making me an angrier person or yeah. like a yeah. more stressed out person or so you know, me, less present? Let me ask. Um, I mean, I this is kind of what I did when when we started this journey of rule of life. Sure. And I, I wrote down all these things in my life and I didn't use that that chart you had. You had this five by five right. chart on Sunday with five kind of categories of things to think about. Sure. So abiding and relationship with others yeah. and money and 
body and then calling. Oh, that, you're good. Is that the you five of them? them yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got them. And then five time frames. So the, the right. daily, weekly, monthly, seasonally, annually. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you could plot it on something like that. M- sure. My issue when I did that, I looked at it and I asked the question, who am I becoming? And I was like, let's be honest. There's like 50 things on here that I don't love that mm-hmm. I know I should be doing better. I need to be getting more exercise. I need to be eating healthier. I need to be spending more time reading. I need to be better engaged with my kids. I need to not yell. I need to blah, 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 right? Yeah. Like I've really easy for me to like take the red pen and go at that thing, sure. uh, which feels really bad. First of all, right? Like yeah. to get an honest look at my own life, it reminds me how, how bad I am at mm. stopping and looking at things mm. and then how much work I have to do. Right. And it's kind of this crushing disappointment. And then the question is, well, okay, so do I make a list of these 20 things I know I need to get better at? Right. Or do I just live with the fact that I'm bad at a whole bunch of things? And like, what do you do then, Chris? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So I think there's a few different things we need to keep in mind. I mean, first of all, we need to acknowledge that there is a tension here. Okay, everyone take a deep breath. Let's recognize that this is tough Mm. because we're saying that, you know, this is, uh, you know, Jesus's easy yoke, you know, that his burden is light. Uh, But we also recognize that changing ourselves, you know, our habits, our schedules, our routines is really, really difficult. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not suggesting that this is without any hard work. Um, But there are lots of things that we commit ourselves to, you know, that that we, um, you know, even even, you know, scrolling on our smartphone, you know, Mm. something if you were to look up, I bet you do that multiple hours a day, depending on generationally where you fall. Yep. And so, you know, we have those habits. We give a lot of ourselves, too. And Mm. so it's not it is possible to do that. just a matter of like taking a hard look at what those patterns are and being intentional. So we need to acknowledge that it's possible, but it's not always easy. Yep. So I think that's the first thing. I think that the second thing that's really important, and hopefully people heard this on Sunday, is that we have to start small, specific, and realistic. Okay. So, you know, even though, you know, yes, you're right, there are probably, you know, dozens of different practices, uh, relational things that I want to look at and tweak. Uh, it's really, really important that we begin small because that's how change happens. It happens incrementally over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, really, when we look at even the biblical examples, I mean, sure, there are lots of times when we see, okay, the Holy Spirit, you know, made a radical change in the life of someone. Like take Paul for an example. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul was, you know, um, knocked over by the power of of christ you know and like had a vision of him and so his life was changed he went from a persecutor of the church to now being a preacher of the gospel overnight that's very rare and that's even rare in our experience you know change is really happens in that regular crucible of life Mm. kind of that slow and steady approach and and the problem is that if we're honest we don't like a slow and steady approach. You know, no. we like a microwave I like approach. my smartphone where I yeah. can get exactly what I want when I want it, which is right That's now. right. So let's recognize the cultural pressures that are going on. Like we live in a society where everything is super fast, yeah. but we need a slow cooker spirituality. Hmm. And so the, the trick there is just really reminding ourselves over and over again, it is okay to start slow. And the way that we are effective is by being specific and being realistic about what's possible. Mm-hmm. And so even though you have that big list of all the things that you're doing, the, the, the key is to lean in on you know one or two mm-hmm. or two or three things to say in this season, maybe it's three months, maybe six months, at the most I think maybe a year, mm-hmm. and say you know these are opportunities when I, where I want to create space for the spirit to, to be working in me. 
And my job is just to make the space for that to happen right. so that I can answer that question better, who am I becoming? Yeah. And so I, I just want to say too, like from a very practical standpoint, like if this is the very first time you're ever thinking about this and you write down those two or three things, I would even suggest test drive them for a couple of weeks. Mm. You know, see how you how they fit, how you're feeling about them. Because before you lock into something for three months or six months, it might be good to kind of know, okay, this is something that's that's doable. This is something that's kind of realistic, or it does kind of increase my my sense of joy and like my ability to slow down. Yeah. And if it doesn't, go ahead and, and 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 make some changes. You know, before you lock in for a longer period of time. So, uh, like, and I, I've I've been here the whole time. I've been hearing you say these things. I think it's really easy for myself and for all of us when we hear this to think. I need to do more stuff. Right. There's more I need to do. Uh, and you talked a bit on Sunday about the starting and stopping and about upstream and downstream. Right. Um, can you, can you unpack that a little more? Like if I were to take two or three things, so I've, I've made the list, I've put it on the chart and I've marked and read 30 things I want to get better at. Um, I, you know, let's say I watch too much Netflix. I snack at night. I don't have enough time to read in the morning and I need to get more exercise. Well, how do I think about those in a start, stop, upstream, yeah. downstream way? Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, it's really important that we you know, start where we are, not where mm -hmm. we think we should be. Okay. So I think you know, that's another kind of reminder we need to have rolling around in our minds. I mean, I think the process of offering up those decisions you know, in quiet time of reflection and prayer is really helpful. Yeah. And then we believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to us and guides us. And mm -hmm. so there's an opportunity there to have a, a rule of life that is what Ken, Ken Shigematsu calls spirit initiated. I really, really appreciate his teaching around that. Mm -hmm. And just, just pause there for a yeah. second. Ken Shigematsu wrote a book called God in My Everything. Yes. We've actually, Ken, we've tried to have Ken come and teach us on this in the last two years, but right. COVID has messed with those <laughs> plans. We still may have Ken come at some point. I hope so. That is probably the best resource I think available that I could recommend to yeah. people. So if you're looking for something, definitely uh, look that up or ask me about that. God and my everything by Ken Shigematsu. That's Great right. Start. Yeah. Thanks. Um, but uh, I would just say <laughs> spirit initiated. Yeah, spirit initiated. We're yeah. So, and I would say too, like, uh, you know, when you're trying to decide between all of these different practices, you know, it's really a matter of, of choosing, you know, one or two of those things to lean into. And so mm -hmm. in terms of upstream and downstream, you know, I think the point there is just that there are lots of things that we engage with that are really positive for us. Mm -hmm. There are things on our existing list that are really great and they're easy. And so, you know, for me, you know, having a meal every night together with my family is something that's both really important, but already kind of ingrained in our regular habits. Yeah. And, and we love it. Yeah. And so, you know, I would say that's a upstream practice. Or, excuse me. Sorry. That's a downstream practice. Downstream. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We go with the current. It's that's easy. Right. We've already got it. Yeah, yeah. So that is already happening. It feels really good. There's a lot of wonderful things. We have conversation about life, about new spiritual things, whatever. So that's something that's going to stay in my rule of life. And it's mm -hmm. going to be a downstream practice that's super easy to continue to do. You know, when it comes to, you know, uh, having an hour before bed and an hour in the morning that I'm not on my phone, that is an upstream practice. That is swimming against the current. I am not good at that. I just told my family the other day that I was thinking I was finally ready to plug my phone in, in the kitchen overnight and leave it there. Uh -huh. And that was three nights ago. I have not done it yet. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> 
Um, you know, the first night there was a, I can't remember what it was. There was a particular reason, like there was a potential emergency thing or something that I needed. So I, yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay, well, I'll just do it this one night. And so I broke the first night rule and then I haven't done it since then because I've just have found that to be really, really challenging to do. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we want to have practices like that, that are really important to us that we think are going to help us to answer that question. Who am I becoming? But we don't want to be adding, you know, five, six, 10, 20 of those upstream practices that are difficult for right. us. You know, we maybe want to have one. So I think the thing is there, we do want balance. Like if everything in your rule is just super downstream, easy, fun, light, whatever, mm-hmm. that's great. But I think we do want to also include things that are a little more challenging for us. But I would say that the amount of those things shouldn't be equal, right? right. You should have one or two things that are more of a challenge and other things that are just already life-giving and pretty easy. Yeah, and it, it seems to me like the, uh, the, the downstream practices, even as I write out my current rule of life, as I start that process of kind of where am I at, um, make sure that there's enough kind of good downstream things in there. Because for me, again, it's easy to, to look at my life and be like, let me list the problems. Let me tell you what, what's wrong. But, but you're right. I mean, I, I eat regular meals with my family, um, regular home-cooked meals with my family. Like, that's a, that's a really big deal. Yeah. Uh, and that's a good thing. And that's something I can, like, checkbox. Like, that's right. I, I, it's in my rule of life. I actually, all I've done is make myself a little more aware of it, make myself a little more thankful for it. And... Yeah, great. I, I have a rule of life. That's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think that's a, a lot of people may find this really daunting to start. Kind of, oh, I need to look at every corner of my life in every time frame in every way. Yeah, y- you do. But but also, like, we all have our lives in every corner of our lives in every time frame, right? It's, it's already there. And there's a lot of good things. And there's a lot of kind of a firm affirmation we can have for these good downstream practices. And then pick a couple of these upstream practices and, and maybe, maybe make some space. Even as, so Rachel and I have navigated, um, how do we spend a little less time in the evenings watching Netflix and how do we read? It's not a question of, okay, we need to go from watching an hour and a half every night to not watching any. Uh, it's a question of, okay, once a week, let's, let's see if we can not watch Netflix. Let's, let's t- not turn the TV on. Let's read a book instead, right? Yeah. Once a week. Yeah. And I think, you know, let me give another example because I think Sabbath has come up. You know, yeah. so we've talked with people specifically in our community here at Compass Point. We've talked with people and this has become a huge issue, you know. I mean, we've got people who are, who are doing it really well. We've got people who maybe haven't engaged with the practice at all. And, you know, just we've identified kind of this busyness. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, there's this sense that like if I can't immediately go from no Sabbath at all to like a 24-hour Sabbath, mm-hmm. then there's no point in trying. And so I would just say in a similar vein, if that is an upstream practice for you, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know, whether it's work related, family related, is just it, like, is it not an upstream practice for anyone? <laughs> Have you met anyone who finds Sabbath an easy thing to do? Yeah, I'm curious. I'm <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But I think, you know, maybe it's just saying, you know, I'm going to take one hour. Yeah in my week mm-hmm. that is going to be, you know, in silence or where I put all the technology away or, you know, where I'm intentionally like, like mindfully, like not doing anything that's kind of work responsibility related. Um, that might be where you start and just doing that at the same time every week and then allowing that, you know, to, to learn from that experience and say, okay, what was good about that? Maybe what wasn't good about that yeah. with, with the goal of, of growing it. Yeah. But just slowly taking your time to do that. I think that's the kind of way that we might deal with an upstream practice like that as well. And Sabbath is such a, I mean, such a good example. I think it's so important. It's something our family has been trying to do for years and years and years uh, and is, is crazy hard. 
Uh, yeah. Especially like, okay, we've got, we've got kids and now we have a puppy. Um, I can take a break from my, my job from work in that way. But like everything in my life is work, Chris. I can't take a break from all of the work. And, and one of the things Rachel and I have, again, have negotiated in this, because you, you talked on Sunday about how a rule of life isn't something that we like kind of come up with in isolation and just say like, this is what we're doing. It's, it's negotiated within our circles of relationship, within our households and our families, even our friends. And I, I love that. And it, it, it means that there are compromises maybe is the right word. So like Rachel often, she's a great cook and often takes care of a lot of the food prep in our house. Um, and one of the things we've negotiated is some of that and especially the dishes for her getting a Sabbath includes not doing those things, which means for me giving her a Sabbath and part of my Sabbath includes doing those things. Right. Sure. Uh, and it's, it's not no work, but it's a different kind of work and it is actually, I'm learning to really enjoy it. Uh, but it, it, yeah, it's been this thing that it's taken us ah, a year or two to negotiate that part of it. Um, and it's been slow and steady, but it's been, it's been good. Yeah. And I mean, I still have lots to learn about Sabbath thing, but I think, you know, when we look at Jesus teaching around Sabbath. I don't think there was any indication from him that Sabbath was about not lifting a finger. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the religious leaders, you know, yep. that's kind of how they, you know, talked about it. And he, he rebuked that a bit. And so I think really, you know, as I'm learning about it, Sabbath in a lot of ways is, is, is an exercise of the mind as much of any, as anything else. Yeah. You know, there's an idea that, you know, we are just, uh, you know, enjoying the full presence of God and the gifts he's given us. So we're returning thanks for it. And I always think uh, about it this way, you know, Scazzaro talks about it's a handing over of the keys. Mm. So there's a sense where we're, you know, eliminating some of the stress and the concern about the responsibilities of life, knowing that God can can handle the things in our lives, yeah. you know, if we kind of take the day off, so to speak. But it doesn't mean that we, we can't garden or, you know, we can't like interact with our family members or cook food or all those things. I think that is a um, kind of a, a, a misinterpretation of the idea of Sabbath. And some people get hung up on that. Yep. Like, well, I can't have a day where I just sit around and do nothing. Sure. Well, I don't necessarily think that that's what a Sabbath should look like. And so, the, I mean, again, in our lives, um, Sabbath, Saturday, we take Saturday because Sunday is a work day for me, um, Friday night to Saturday night. And, and one of the challenges for us is, well, we like to do stuff around our house, we, you know, and to fix stuff and to make stuff better. Uh, and I am constantly negotiating whether or not it's restful uh, because I, I, and it's funny in the middle of a task, I can, I can sense it in myself. I can go from like, this is enjoyable. This is good. We're doing it as a family to I'm doing this to try to accomplish something and to reduce my stress, stress elsewhere because I know I need to get it done and I'll actually have to like stop doing it. Or in hindsight, I'll be like, oh, that was wrong. That's typically what happens. Hmm. Um, but you're right. It is such a heart thing. And it's so hard to like, even to write that down and quantify it. Um, you know, do I, do I put on my rule of life that I can't work on house stuff on Saturdays? Well, no, but I do need to like maybe make sure that when I'm working, I take intentional pauses and kind of do that reflective work. Sure. Like, and that's, that's something I've. Yeah. And before and after, I mean, what, one of the things I love about what you're discussing right now is this idea of the flexibility of a rule of life mm-hmm. and the, the opportunity to kind of review it and to, to sit with it and to ask questions like, is it working? And, you know, is this bringing me joy? You know, am I experiencing intimacy with Christ? You know, as this goes on and as I mm-hmm. learn what this looks like, I think that's a really big deal for a rule of life as well. So, I mean, this whole idea of slowing, um, I, re- I read something yesterday, I was reading an article uh, that said something that I've, I think I've heard before, but just kind of stopped me in my tracks. So talked about Jesus and Jesus's pace. Um, and the fact that 
we know of at least two people who died because Jesus wasn't hurried to get to them, which is wild, right? Like you think if someone came to you and said, hey, someone you love is dying, what would you do? You'd drop everything and you'd run away and you'd go and you'd deal with it. And Jesus couldn't be hurried about that. Like I'm just... To, uh, and I'm sure there's more going on there, but it's kind of kind of baffling. How do we, how do we embrace that kind of slowness in a world in a society where everything is instant? I mean, I you know I find myself right now checking the news multiple times a day because I want to know what's going on in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and and do, should I be like how, how do I how do I find that slowness? How how has that worked its way into your rule of life, or how would you suggest we start to work that? slowness of pace into our rule of life. Hey, I'm struggling with this just as much as everyone else, um, maybe more than some others. Mm. I think uh, the only answer I have for that is intentionally. Okay. Like, I, I just really believe this is something that um, is a part of our culture that deeply shapes us. Um, and so I think kind of acknowledging that is kind of the first part of winning the battle. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, again, it's choosing a practice, no matter how small, uh, no matter how slow the start is, that acknowledges that that is who I want to be, someone who is has a slower mm. pace, yeah. has my eyes and ears more open to what's going on around me, mm-hmm. is well-rested, someone who is open to interruptions. I mean, it's been said that, you know, who you are in an interruption is actually who you really are. Yeah. Um, that's convicting for me. Yeah, deeply. Uh, <laughs> you know, am I cranky and kind of angry and frustrated and flippant when people interrupt me and the way that I deal with them? Uh, you know, whether that's out in the neighborhood, whether that's at work or at home or whatever. So, you know, I think that there's something there. And, mm. you know, by engaging in one practice that just gives me 10 minutes of of silence, of slowing down by maybe eliminating, you know, one thing on my schedule that is not really a life-giving thing. I know there's some things we have to do. Like, I think this is not an excuse to like, you know, give up on all of our responsibilities. Mm. Everyone does things they don't like to do. But when I look at that, at my schedule and I say, you know, this is something I, I, you know, I've committed to for a season or whatever, but there's a chance to kind of renegotiate that. And it's not really something that's life-giving. And if I could remove that, Mm. it would actually give me three hours back in my week or whatever. Like, I think those are the kinds of things that we do, just very intentional steps um, to begin with that and then evaluate as we go. Um, So I don't think there's like a magic wand or there's no way to do it like all of a sudden. I think it's something, you know, getting slow is slow (laughs) in terms of its process. Uh, We're already over our 20 minutes, but I want to take just a couple more minutes here because I think this is really important. And and when we're talking about slowing, we're talking about these practices. Um, I want, I'm going to put you on the spot and get you to give us some examples. I'm going to give you kind of three or four categories of of a type of person. I know, again, part of what we love about rule of life is it is flexible. It looks different for me than you. It looks different for me than someone else who looks similar to me even um, because of the way that God made us and what's going on. I love that. But I do think rule of life can look really different for, Mm -hmm. for a youth or a, um, a single person, a single adult, uh, or or a person with kids, or um, someone who's an empty nester or a retiree. Right. Um, with those categories in mind, can you can you give me like maybe like a suggested starting practice? Not that this has to be what you do. Right. But if you're kind of like I don't know where to start, and I'm a youth. Right. 
Chris, where, where should we start? Yeah. Okay, sure. Well, there's thousands of things you could choose, but I think if you're, you know, a Gen Z, maybe you're a young student, maybe you're a millennial, I think absolutely. You know, one of the things that would be shared is, um, that relationship with technology. So I think that potentially a yeah. good place for you to be thinking about where would I want to add a practice, particularly maybe this is like an upstream practice, mm. uh, would be something about the relationship I have with my phone. Mm -hmm. and so we've talked about this a few times, but I mean, for me, the idea, I, just, I shared how difficult it is for me, but just getting up in the morning and that first thing that I do, if you have your phone sitting beside you on the nightstand, yeah. that first thing you do is you pick up your phone and you start interacting with news or social media or you know whatever it is. I mean, mm -hmm. that is shaping you and that yeah. is shaping your routine um, you know uh, scientists tell us that the first thing we do in the morning and the last thing we do at night radically wires our brain and mm. our thinking uh, and so you know there's even science to kind of support that these yeah. habits need need to have an intentional rhythm in our lives so I would say you know that might be the thing maybe it's five minutes just to contemplate the love of God. Maybe it's to read a psalm, yeah. um, you know, mm. just a few minutes of prayer, silence, whatever, before, you know, I start scrolling on my phone in the morning. I think that would be a great practice for a younger person. And I will just say there are tons of great tools available for sure you there on are. your phone. Uh, yeah. Turn off your notifications, uninstall right. apps. Right. Um, I've heard of people actually putting their phones on black and white mode, yep. which makes them less engaging. Like Absolutely. Store your phone in a different place. It's not you put your charger somewhere else, right? That's like there's right. all kinds of great things there. So Absolutely. that's that's a great one. What about um, young couples with kids, right? Sure. Where life is just wow all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's where do you start there? Tons of grace for that. Um, you know, we've been through that not too long ago. We're starting to come out of that stage. But I think uh, there's some good writing. I hear Comer talks about this, others. But, you know, part of a rule of life really came from this idea that there was like a bell that rang in the mm. center of the monastery that would call people to kind of back to God, you know, back to prayer, back to community, you know, certainly for meals, all that kind of stuff. And there's some great writing out there. I touched on this on Sunday that like our children actually act like a monastic bell when mm. they're little yep. constantly calling for our attention and so they define kind of your rule of life um, and so i think it's just saying okay i understand that this is the case and so it's using those opportunities to serve you know for a young parent at home to pray for their kids to like engage with their kids in practices of prayer and mm -hmm. you know uh, being out in nature or mm -hmm. returning thanks to God for things that are going on so I would say you know uh, if you're in that stage of life first of all be really really easy on yourself uh, start slow no start slower mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then you know maybe allow those interruptions in your life to just uh, be opportunities to kind of bring your mind back to God even if it's just for a few seconds and yeah. return thanks and then lastly include your household as best as you can baby steps yep. you know but like you know around a meal time you know if they're if you go to church together, you know, go as a family and make that a commitment. You know, there's opportunities to maybe be praying for others or serving together. So like allow bedtime your routines. kids to be bedtime routines for sure. That's a great one. Yeah. You can, um, I, I, like we found in that stage, um, there were moments you could infuse, like kids are on schedules. Now, sometimes they break the schedules and everything sure. goes nuts, but generally speaking, like they have those routines. So like at dinner, if we can ask a couple of questions or one question, if everyone in the family can answer where have you seen God at work around you today? Just to get you thinking about that while you, you know, shovel craft dinner in your mouth or whatever you're doing. <laughs> um, that's a great place to start, at least was for us. But yeah. I love that. Yeah, lots of grace there. What, what about um, for, for empty nesters or retirees, people with maybe, okay, 
and I'm not there yet, so maybe this is just wishful thinking, but maybe a little more flex or free time in their schedules, sure. a little less pressure. Where, where would you suggest they start? Yeah, it's great. And I mean, I admit that this isn't my stage of life. And so I think in some ways this is the hardest one for me because the other things I've kind of been there and, and done that to a mm. certain degree, but this is something that I haven't. I think for some of our retirees, um, you know, they're, some of them are relating to the idea of slowing down. You know, even in retirement, they're super busy. They've got lots of things going on. I think there's others where they are experiencing a slower pace of life. And mm. so the idea of, you know, limiting hurry doesn't seem to resonate quite as much. What I would say is that, you know, the big question in, in that stage of life, if you do have more space, is, you know, maybe you're actually taking on a couple of more things, you know, as you're mm. crafting your rule of life than some of the others whose lives are already just completely beyond busy. You know, you were looking for those monastic bells, you know, to be in place a little more to bring you back into the presence of God, to bring you back into relationship. You know, maybe some of those things have been lost a little as your routine has actually slowed down and there's not as much kind of natural rhythm that's already in there. So that would be one thing I I would say for sure. The second thing I would say is, you know, you need to, you know, review and ask yourselves, you know, how is it working? So if you have some kind of a practice or, you know, we, we often would call them spiritual disciplines, you know, maybe you're regularly reading scripture or spending time in prayer or gathering for a Bible study or doing those kinds of things. You want to ask yourself, you know, how is how are those routines working? Yeah. You know, are they bringing me joy? Are they, am I experiencing more intimacy with Christ? And even a, another great question is, am I becoming, right, the person that I'm, I'm called to be? you know, as a result of these different practices? Am I living out the things that I'm reading and and I'm experiencing, you know, this hearing of the voice of God when I pray and things? And if the answer is no, then I think that maybe that's a chance to go back and review some of the rhythms Mm -hmm. and kind of ask myself, maybe for a season, I should experiment with something slightly different or maybe a different practice or whatever. Or maybe it's something with community to kind of share these practices a bit more Mm -hmm. um, just to help me in that process. Because I think sometimes we get in in these ruts a little bit where we're in a habit, we do something for 10, 20, 30, 40, even 50 years. And it's a really good thing, Mm -hmm. but it's just not having the effect that we would hope in terms of of creating space for the deep work of the spirit. So it's just being sensitive to that. Sometimes that changes. Oh, this is so great, Chris. Uh, and, and I hope as you've been listening along, um, I hope something in these three categories kind of resonates with you. Now, I know you might be thinking, I'm a shift worker or sure. we're a couple, we, we don't have kids or I'm a full-time caregiver or like there's a thousand reasons why these examples don't apply to you. But I think there's also like, do you own a smartphone? <laughs> do, do you have regular meal practices? Have you considered how your habits are shaping you? Um, and we, again, we, we would love to hear from you. We would love to be able to journey with you um, to help you through this, uh, to help you ask those tough questions and, and take the right slow, gentle next steps, find the right downstream and upstream practices. So don't feel like you need to do 40 things tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, any closing words for us, Chris? Yeah, just I'd say if you haven't already, like, go back, watch those YouTube videos of the, the series, particularly yeah. this last week around crafting a rule of life. Uh, there's some resources there that are, are that we mentioned that would be helpful. And uh, yeah, again, Dave, we're, this is something we want to talk about you mm-hmm. know, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, we really think this is an important place God's leading us. And so if there is feedback and questions, I'd love to hear about that. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Chris. We'll, yeah, thanks, uh, we'll have you back here soon, I'm sure. That thanks for listening great. along to Postscript. We'll talk to you next week.